Hoy hoy, Noiros. Welcome to this week's file. Sure, we'll call it a file, right? You open, we delivered it. It's a package. What what do we have for you this week, I wonder? Mailman Dan? Got to open up the Manila folder. There you go. Let's see what's inside. But Gentleman Joey has a post-it note on top saying, welcome to the show. <laughs> it's good that you have that. It's important. Yeah. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. How about you? Doing all right. It's a little chilly, right? Yeah, at this it's moment. weird. Yeah. It's I don't weird. mean to get weathery, of course, you know, a very famous ban on weather on this show. I just mean as far as, you know, maybe the tones you're getting from the lads today was informed by the kind of eh, whatever in the, the era, in the air, world, earth, yeah. oxygen, ozone, Dan. Nitrogen, oxygen. boy. All the elements. Um, <laughs> Heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, going to be a good show. It's been weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had some insomnia last night, Dan. This for the first time. And it was, you know, it was whatever, but it was a late, late night uh, in that regard. Just couldn't get to sleep. But I just wanted to shout out one of the show times we're showing high school high. And, uh, oh, <laughs> I love that. I haven't seen that in so long, but I used to watch had, it a lot. I had neither. Um you know, it's a tad problematic at times, but yeah. for the most part, there's still some solid chuckles in there. I think if I remember correctly, in that one, there's the scene where it's the the dance and he gives the uh, the DJ Glenn Campbell. Rice like a rhinestone cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, that I, was a trailer moment, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that because I love I love Glenn Campbell. So that's that. And specifically, <laughs> finally together, John Lovitz and, and Glenn Campbell. A true dream. A true truly, dream. Truly. Um, well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you at least caught something. I was going to ask you if you ended up watching anything as a result of uh, the insomnia. And then this morning, or I guess afternoon, uh, I learned that Brooke had never seen any of the Beverly Hills cops. So squeezed Ooh. in a one before beginning my day over here. But what were, what were the thoughts? It was great. It went over great, man. It was wonderful. Everyone killing it. I mean, the first ones, I mean, honestly, I like all of them, but the first ones I mean, obviously is, is, you know, the top. I'm um, still pretty, I feel okay about one and two. I'm mostly worried about three. I have not seen it since it came out. And definitely the weakest. I didn't mind sure. it, but, yeah. you know, I uh, I was a, a moron back then, too, so. <laughs> but we'll see. I have a feeling, like, two two definitely holds up, and I feel like Brooke will probably like that one. Yeah, three's definitely going to be the questionable one. It has moments, but it's it's definitely the weakest of the of the three. I'm looking forward to the moments. That's really what I'm more like. I know yeah. it's not going to be the best, but I, I'm looking for just some secret gem little something in it. But yeah, yeah. one was great. Shout out to Damon Waynes, especially. His little two-second cameo. cameo with the yeah. banana. Just the, known as the banana man in the credits was amazing. Oh yeah, just that that whole movie is just amazing. Um, yeah, that's like definitely like you know Ronnie Cox. Yeah, I don't want to say at his peak, but like it was getting towards like Eddie Eddie Murphy's like you know it like he was it. You know, yeah, like, I mean like, that was definitely Forty Eight Hours. Of course, fucking launched him that in SNL. But I mean, this right. was like the payoff of like that potential right. that we were all waiting for. Right. Uh, so holds up. That's really all I got to say. And then uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to Cobra as well because. <laughs> Stallone almost made Beverly Hills Cop, and then he, of course, took out his his pen that we all love and wrote rewrote the script. And they're like, "We don't want to make this." And he's like, "Fuck you!" Then I'm making it as Cobra, and uh, Cobra something. He cuts a pizza with a pair of scissors, Dan, in that one. Something <laughs> I would I would advise. Yo, um, I remember seeing the Cobra trailer and just getting hyped because it is a great trailer. It's one of mm-hmm. the all time best. It's as good as the trailer for Stallone's pen. Um, okay. But the movie, I mean, it's 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 a good time, but it's not as good as the trailer. You know, and it's not over the top. So no, in all ways, in all ways possible. Yeah, I probably like it more than over the top, but I think that's probably fair. I don't yeah. want to poo poo over the top. I have a hell of a time watching that. Well, you I, like to I, arm I, wrestle, Dan? I I mean, me personally, no. But do I like to watch movies about arm wrestling? Yes. There you go. There's this guy on YouTube I saw. It was recommended to me from the algorithm, Algae Rhythm from Space Jam 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just some guy and he's like got like one big arm or something like that. And he just like 
to some scrawny dude otherwise and he just takes down like the hugest dudes there's like a line of them coming up and he's just like down 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 i don't know it's fascinating i'll send it to you if you want cool yeah. i look forward to that got it uh, my friend i was gonna say today i've been um motoring through in my attempt to watch all five of the original uh planet of the apes movies in one day which i don't think i've ever done i mean i've seen all those movies plenty of times but i've never done all one day right now i just paused it at in the about the middle of of four so i'm so sorry to take away also pausing four is i don't like this we should have just canceled the show four is what (laughs) four is in many ways my favorite one especially of course if you're watching the uh, the, the uncut version, which I am, which you are. Um, I mean, you know, I guess there's a moment, but that one, it, it should be taken as a whole. It's OK. I mean, normally I do that, but, you know, like but you said, know, it, him so well, you know, I okay. do. And in the interest of like, I'm trying to get them all in one day. So just like and I had some other stuff, you know, that I need to do. So I was just like, you know, I've been taking periodic breaks to do other stuff. And I knew I was going to do this. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just see if I can get through all of them, which I think I will. I mean, I'm, I'm almost there. Um, I've done it in 24 hours, but not in the same day. It was definitely like a night into day. Yeah, that that I've done. I, I've I, I've like split them up over like a weekend. So I'll do like sure. maybe like, you know, the first three on a Saturday and then the other two on Sunday. I've done that before, but never all in one day. And it will, I, I you know, interestingly enough, I unbeknownst to me, I, I watched the first one this morning and then I happened to go online. And then I saw a post that today was actually the uh, release date of the first one. Oh, so I, I just it, some somehow like inertly, I I knew maybe I don't know subconsciously maybe I just I just I was I was clairvoyant and, and knew that that was the day, but it it, it was kismet. It, it actually worked out. So I don't know, Dan. You live a long enough life like we do. You know, it's bound to happen. That's true. Plus, there's so many of those goddamn movies and movies in general, right? Yeah. There Shout out to movies. movies. There are a lot of movies out there. Yeah. But yeah, that's what that's what I've been up to. Um, so you know, very exciting. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I realize also that like Escape is still my least favorite. Like, the third one. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. Well, I, maybe the fifth one is my least favorite, but not for yeah, not because like it's any one. bad. But there's great moments in it. Yeah. But but that's just it. As far as moments go, there's so much fun in that third one. Yeah, it's just it's just it's not bad. It's just my least favorite. I think that's the distinction. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad movie. It's just I, I find it the least enjoyable out of all of them. Mama, mama. Yeah. I mean, you get the introduction of Ricardo Montalban. I mean, and know. he's so good at it. it like, yeah. you know, he's great. It is what it is, but it's five movies telling one story. You wouldn't think it. I mean, of course, you could just tap out after one and that's fine. It's mm-hmm. it's the movie, but right. If you're going to go along for the journey, you know, it's, you got to see what's happening. Yeah. Three uh, is yeah. so important, you know, like, you oh, don't get, sure. you don't get yeah. four and five without three. Right. Because they, because they do explain it in three about what ends up happening about why, almost like what they know about why things are how they are from their history. <laughs> and then these movies ex- actually show it. So it's like, you know, it's, it's interesting how that, uh, yes, you're right. That it without three, you really wouldn't be able to, it's very important to, to go on. So, including yeah, that, yeah. Montalban himself, you know. Correct. Yes. I mean, four is just is the most. Uh, like, Four's got something to say brutal. in a way. Yeah. In a way that it didn't really have something to say since the first one, you know, like. Yeah. There's always something there, of course, you know. I mean, you could argue the second one. You could, you could argue the second one with the, the, the atomic bomb. With the atomic bomb. Sure. But there's so much like sci-fi-ness yeah. to it. And rightfully so, but it just kind of leans more on that, and that's fine. But four's got some some sharp monkey teeth, that's for sure. Yes, yes, it is definitely the darkest of all of them, of the original five. So, shout out to four. Shout out to Conquest. Yeah, what what a time! Can't think of any better segue than that, Dan. Great. Well, I thought <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that, as, as I know you're a fan. So I thought I would. I would mention that, that that that's how I've been spending my my day today. Buddy, if you wanted to say you want to stop doing this show and just figure out a way to do a non-stop Planet of the Apes podcast, I'm there for it. <laughs> I'm there for it. I'm I'm going ape. That could be the spinoff. I I, I will say that I, I, the blind spot that I have is the and I and what I would like to actually make up for is I haven't seen the TV show or the animated series. So that those are the blind spots of. I mean, I've seen like all the other ones, all the other movies, the newer ones, but. Like, I think I saw 
even the 2001 i think i saw in theaters yes i saw that in theaters yeah and I did all, too. All, all the newer ones which i i, I liked all those i mean the 2001 not so much but all the the newer ones uh i really did like like dawn and, and i feel like newer. we're at the point where we say newer ones where keeping tim burton it's yeah. its own just we One barely off. remember that it happened yeah it's when you think really hard about it that you're like oh yeah that was a thing like I that was I a saw, time the yeah, theaters we, stole money from me. <laughs> it was a weird time. And I think I think I saw it maybe like one other time outside the theater. It's just, I mean, I didn't. Was that I like pre 9-11? It was we 2001, but we, I don't remember. We can't even blame it on that, right? Let me find out. I can tell you. I definitely remember seeing it in the theater. Um, it came out in July 27th. So Yeah, okay. So, right oh, yes, this makes sense. It was a summer film, of course. Right. Because they really were making some some action figures on that one, and yes, I am sure they really they really. <laughs> it's crazy how many times they just were like, "All right, Tim Burton, you're gonna do it again." You know, yeah. it's like you know we just love Batman, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I they mean, eventually figured that out, but to be honest, at this point in my life, I, I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again. Like, I, I'm willing to give it a chance at this point, but only if just... we do the podcast. Otherwise, yes. I. I'm too old to be putting myself through such nonsense when I could be watching goddamn anything else. That's fair. <laughs> if I can help it, I'm going to get fooled every now and then. That's just life. Won't get fooled again. Well, let's find out, Dan, as we talk about episode 66, They Live by Night. Not They Live, sorry. We, we tried, but mm-hmm. could, couldn't make it work. Released August 1948 in London. And then way over a year later, November 5th, 1949 in the States. There's plenty of story to talk about there. Distributed by RKO Radio Pictures. Directed by Nicholas Ray from On Dangerous Ground. You remember that episode, Dan? I do. And he's not a, he's not a, he's I don't a remember, handful of film noir. I don't remember what number that was. I know, and yet we've we've hardly gotten to him. But we're, we're back again. This, this is his year, maybe. He could be the star of, of uh, 2022. Yeah, we can get some more in from him. He's got some some ones that require. We've been putting in some weird ones from him, but you know it's important to understand these directors before we really get into the meat of our sandwich, our film noir sandwich. <laughs> Written by Charles Schnee with Nicholas Ray. He got his dirty Ray fingers in there. This is based on the novel Thieves Like Us by Edward Anderson. Welcome to the show, Dan. Welcome. Now, you and I have seen this before. Yes. This is... Pretty, uh, you know, it's a it's a hitter. I don't know if it's a heavy hitter, but it's one you get to if you if you walk <laughs> the night path of film noir. If you if you're looking to live in it, um, and it's one that we both were a little lukewarm on from that time. Yeah, it, it had been it's been a while since I watched no, it. So very so long th- time. Like, yeah, so I think that's part of it. Probably um, over a decade. You know, this was this was early on. Yeah, this I got the Blu-ray from Criterion. Yeah, it came out in 2017, so I probably got. I, I'm sure I got it when it came out. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, right off the bat, I, I forgot about the 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 bizarre intro that this has. Yes, like it, like the very like old school Hollywood. I mean, in, it's, in a way. it's almost like its own thing. It was very. Yeah. At first, I'm like, is the trailer like is right. it starting with the trailer? Yeah. But yeah, it's this boy and this girl were never properly introduced to the world we live in to tell their story. Sure. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> so, OK. Some words. Yeah. All right. We'll see. But one thing I do want to point out is with Nicholas Ray, and this is his first movie. And I tried to keep that in mind with this viewing. Yeah, for our first movie, I, I think it's pretty darn good. Exactly. I, um, you know, we'll get more into it. But I, I think this is very similar to when we did on Dangerous Ground of mm-hmm. watched it, was whatever about it, doing it now and was like, you know, feeling a little little better about it. Yeah, I would agree. It's a scrappy film, but it, it's got some charms and they're there. It's, but it, it takes a second to get cooking, you know, as we we're going to get through. I, in my opinion, I feel like I wasn't there at first, but it gets there. I would also venture to say, like, I mean, I obviously haven't seen every every film noir, but I've seen a lot to know. It, you it sure about that? Like- yeah, I mean, I would say, but I feel like it feels like one of the most romantic, like where yeah. it really focuses on more of the like the romantic nature of the relationship of the two main characters, more so than just like the whole like cat and mouse femme fatale thing. Like there's more of like a serious bond that you see. And this is pretty early for like that. Type it's that of- it, 
yeah, it definitely sets it apart. Um, yeah, and that's what makes it unique. Yeah, because otherwise it's just any other movie, you know? Right. A lot of that was from Nicholas Ray amplifying it from the studio, you know, changing it. It definitely seems to be a different story from the source material, mm-hmm. you know, within reason. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Like the closest thing I could compare it to, and I'm sure I'm not the first to do so, would be Gun Crazy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Just it, just as far as like that couple, um, you know, a little more contemporary to like Badlands, you know, a little bit. I would, dude, I, I literally was thinking about Badlands as I was watching it. So that's that's. I'm glad that you picked up on that as well because I was thinking about that. But yeah, I mean, also, I mean, even with just like the, some of the bank robberies, I mean, the bank robberies a lot in Gun Crazy were also shown from outside. Like you'll actually see them. You see, yeah, the act, from the car perspective and what's going on outside. Just some um, weird coincidences. Um, yeah, we're starting off this movie. We got some criminals. We got uh, Bowie, <laughs> who is our Farley Bowie. Ranger. Bowie. There you go. Thank you. Like a Bowie. Like think like Bowie knife. You got there's some, some great nicknames in there. Pretty much everyone's got one that matters. I do appreciate that about this film. I wanted, I did want to mention that that, that the names are definitely interesting. You definitely yes. are like, okay, this is this is different. Yes, his he's Arthur Bowers, but you know, Bowie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you need to just call him Bowie now, or Bowie. just Bowie, or just Bowie. Call him like David Bowie. I definitely want to avoid Bowie. <laughs> Then you got uh, old One Eye. I wonder why he has that nickname, Dan. Well, no, couldn't be this explicit One Eye that he has. Which is, uh, I mean, it looks pretty cool. They do a good job with yeah. it. Chickma Mobley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, originally, it doesn't really isn't too uh, explained in here, but like it's supposed to be a Native American character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can decide if actor Howard De Silva <laughs> mm-hmm. fits the part of that. Um, and then, of course, old T Dub. Henry Mansfield, mm-hmm. J.C. Flippin, having a blast just saying the names right off the bat. And we haven't yep. even got to Kichi yet, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> they just escaped from jail, as you do. And they got a car that they, they took, but it blows out a tire. And we're off to a bad start already. They hoof it on over to One Eye's brother's place. And, of course, old Bowie, he hurt his ankle during this escape. He's a young kid. Mm-hmm. But he's doing young kid stuff. He's he's gumming up the works. He's slowing things down. But this is a solid crew. They made a pact to really stick together. And, you know, in many ways, it's about friendship too, Dan, isn't it? Yeah. And like commitments. I, I feel like as you, as you, you learn, go. like, you know, the fact that, you know, he felt this bond, but he, he, he felt like he owed it to them because they helped him escape. So that's what ends up bringing him back ultimately and, and tying him with this, these two other older I guess you could call them criminals or just bank robbers. I, I was going to say bank robbers, but I mean, I'm sure they've done other crimes. <laughs> Hoodlums, no good nicks. I don't know. Yeah. No one you want to see coming into your gas station at night, but you know, family's family, I guess, Dan. And but yeah, here we are. And especially when your dad's on the sauce, you do what you got to do. But of course there's a daughter. This is where we meet Keechee, mm-hmm. Kathy O'Donnell. Uh, it says Catherine Mobley, but you really just get Keechee from her throughout like she's introduced right. as kichi it's kichi's world and we're living in it mm-hmm. <laughs> i was reading too that nicholas ray made her work in a gas station for like two weeks or something i did i did hear that yes for like this barely in a gas station part that's insane but hey you know this guy's coming in starting his new career he's just over preparing i guess you're gonna prepare method if you're gonna be method then you <laughs> yeah i mean you, you know be in a gas station it's not like everybody is new necessarily, but they're still pretty fresh, like coming right. into this actor wise, you know, of course, other than the old timers, but these two young kids and you feel it. I mean, they are young. I, I, I feel the youth on the screen. Yeah. And trouble is going to happen. She's not feeling too happy about all of these criminals in there, but she likes the looks of this one guy, this young kid, old Bowie knife. And they're trying to figure out just a way to get out of there, get a car for him, And they're going to, try to get a little pocket money and, and pull off one more bank robbery. You got three pros after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, at this point they they're explaining the whole, why they're doing this. Is this for their, his brother to get him out of prison? That's um, why they're doing the first bank robbery, right? You're talking about Maddie. Maddie's yeah, to, husband. Hu- to help Maddie, Maddie's husband. Who's uh, it's, it's one of their brothers. It's, yeah. it's very confusing. It gets very confusing because of the, of the, the relations. But yes, the, yeah, so who I, is Maddie related to? 
Or is so, it just who she's married to? Is that somebody who is? So oh, Maddie, that's okay. Wait, that's T Dub's uh, T Dub's sister in law. Okay, yeah, correct. Right. So T Dub's brother is in prison, and they're going to. They need to get money to get a lawyer to help spring him out of jail. But they don't have the money, so they have to rob a bank to get the money. And then we also, I don't know if we know at this point, but it doesn't matter if we say it. We can let these facts come in when they come in. We're doing what we can. We're in it. We're in it. Exactly. We're we're living by night, Dan. That's how it goes. If we're going to (laughs) live, got to live by night. (laughs) Bowie has, you know, he was put into jail for a murder he didn't commit when he was very, very young. He was like 16 or 17. Yeah, exactly. And he's, you know, not too much older. I think he's He's 23 now. There you go. So he thinks he can, he's heard of a lawyer that he can hire for himself as well in Iowa, I think it was. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, perfect. And they can pull a case together and hopefully get him off and be like, hey, you know, clearly I didn't get a fair trial. Even though he he broke out of jail. So obviously they're going to look very nicely upon that. Look, this is is a kid. He was put into jail (laughs) when he was a kid. He doesn't have a man's logic, Dad. Yeah, that's true. But yes, no, absolutely. That was insane. So yeah, and he tells Kichi this, and she's like, cool, sounds good. Then you also get Maddie, who is Helen Craig, of course, in her debut role, although mm-hmm. plenty of professional, having done plenty of Broadway and still mostly stuck with that. But uh, yeah, she, she does a great job in this, and she doesn't really like any of these guys. All she wants to do is get her husband back, no matter what. Richard is his name. Mm-hmm. Richard Dub. <laughs> Mr. Other Dub. So she's trying to keep it together but she doesn't want anything to do with these guys and we're gonna pull off this bank robbery Bowie's gonna stick around and be the getaway driver and he also goes into a jewelry shop mm-hmm. zelton and uh he really has a nice rapport with the clerk there he, he looks into a watch he drops a large bill on it which there's no change for so they have to go over into the bank which is a nice way for him to case it Right. It was interesting how that yeah. worked out. And also, it's a little bit weird. It's like, hey, I'm, well, walk over with me to the bank. We'll change this together. It's not like you go over to the bank and change this and come yeah, back. Yeah, like, I'll be right <laughs> back. It's like, what are you going to do? But, you yeah. know, small town. You know how it is in Texas. Yeah. So he goes over, and uh, now he's got to watch. That's fun. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he'll have somewhere something to do with that. He goes back and relays all the information that he saw. And now they're going to go ahead and, and pull off this crime the next day. Mm-hmm. And T-Dub and One-Eye, they go into the bank to hold it up. But you got old Bowie hanging out in the car. And then that guy uh, who sold him the watch comes up to him and it it goes so bad. He's like, hey, what's up, buddy? Like, what are you doing? And he's just like pushes him away. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty, pretty great, though. And so, yeah, that blew everything. The guys get in the car. They speed off and they're able to make it into some brush or Mm. whatever where they have another car waiting for them. And then they blow up that other car, which is very nicely done. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And all is well. Happy ending, basically, from there. They're flush with cash. Everybody's spending money. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Including One Eye and Bowie. They uh, get some some new clothes and they get another car and they get hammered. And they're they're driving away. And old One Eye's like, Come on, man, you better speed it up. He's always encouraging them to go faster. Like, I don't want to be stuck behind you. And they're just drunk and having a good time, you know, driving through the streets. It's not like anything's going on there, Dan. You could do what you want. You could drink yeah. and drive, but apparently not because it turns out there are pedestrians and other cars and they get into this brutal crash. Um, and as as uh, as Bowie says, uh, there should be a law against it so, <laughs> many times. So, you know, maybe there should be a law against that. Who knows? Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. He crashes but, his car. Um, and into a jalopy, like, I should it, add. We do get a jalopy. Absolutely. So yes. I hope that helped with this viewing for you. I was oh, happy 100%, to hear it. Yes. Yeah. Good to know. We, we checked it off the box. So they need to go now. It totally caused a scene. They still got one eye's car is working fine. So he grabs Bowie, go into that. Bowie's like, oh man, I left my gun behind. Can I grab that? Dude, there's no time. This cop comes up that they have to kill. One eye kills. Yeah. You know, it goes, like, you're coming with me. This is weird. <laughs> Why are you trying to get away? And he's obviously hurt. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to take him to a hospital real quick. And he's like, uh, dude, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. We'll figure it out, but you need to chill. And they're like, well, no, we're criminals. So yeah, one less cop in the world. 
So clearly now <laughs> we're going to go ahead and need to figure out a new plan and, and, and leave town a lot sooner than we thought. And Bowie is just recovering. I mean, he got really messed up in that accident. Mm-hmm. But Kichi, of course, is there with her loving touch to bring him back to life. And he's like, you know what? I got a little something for you. Is that watch made me think of you. I don't know what time it is, but we'll figure that out later. Yep. But yeah, Zelton watch. They do good work. Uh, and that's enough for her. She's like, cool. I, I love watches. So I love you now. We should run away together. We should badlands together. <laughs> yeah, you start to see that they're, you know, they're starting to kind of talk to each other and get to know each other a little bit. And they kind of start getting feelings for one another. A couple of crazy kids together, you know, yeah. they, the natural attraction, it just happens. They've been, and because they both, I think they kind of recognized similar, they're kind of similar souls in a way because they're both kind of isolated. Like she had kind of an isolated childhood, as you'll kind of find out. And he was obvious, obviously isolated because he was in prison. Um, the so ultimate I, isolation. Yes. Right. So, so I think, I think they, they see that commonality there. I think that's part of what brings them together. Yeah. Her dad's an alcoholic. She's stuck at a gas station. She's, this yeah. is great. This is opportunity ring and ding ding. Yeah. Yep. And so the, in the newspaper, too. We find out that they got the gun. We're in a point of uh, our timeline in history where we're good with fingerprints. We can... did think about that. Yeah. So suddenly fingerprints were okay. We're able we're, to get them. We're all good because there are plenty of other scenes where they did not seem to give a shit about fingerprints. But yes, they got them. They're, they're good to go now. So it, it's time to, to take off the kid as they're calling them in the papers. Uh, he's like, all right, it's time to go. He's got his little leather <laughs> Holder pouch. for the money, a pouch for money. Let's hit the road. Uh, let's go ahead and get a bus. Let's hit yep. the Greyhound, which I saw this. The driver of the Greyhound was a real driver. That's pretty fascinating. Authenticity. Did great work. I really felt like we had 10 minutes before it was time to go. And they really <laughs> squeezed in everything they could. They got yeah. some crummy food and some crummy coffee. And you notice that there's a, a quickie wedding chapel. <laughs> Yeah, in, in neon, neon lights sign. yeah like yeah immediately and you're like that's probably gonna happen and boy does it dan you know that's a nice nice scene where they get married in a rush and it's it is it, I mean, it's kind of like the little com- comedy you know like in, in the in the, the middle of the movie you get a little bit of that comedy because the the guy that runs it's a little bit of a character and then he's got the the, the witnesses that are like relatives and yeah what was yeah. his name his name yeah uh, do you remember i don't know if they actually I'm sure they do say it, but I can probably get to you. Hawkins, Hawkins. I see it now. Yes, that's it. Because he comes back and it's like, he should probably have a name. But yeah, he he, he does a really great job. Do you do the Marion? That's my business. I have a $30 wedding, which gives a complete recording of the ceremony on records. I have a $20 wedding. Will you just marry us? That'll be $20. Tilly, Herman. Who are they? My sister and her husband. Witnesses. We have to have them? Oh, yeah. First, you got to sign your names over here. If you'll uh, just sign the register. You know, not like sleazy, but just a professional. You know, this guy knows what's up. He gets them married. He recognizes, you know, you could rent a ring for a dollar, Dan, or you could get it for five. Also, one of the witnesses that they have that work there was was sick and, and was not allowed to give kisses. Uh, that was a yes. nice touch as well. Real, real quick, since since you brought it up, I wanted to make mention that the actor that played Hawkins. Yes. You're never going to believe what his final role was. Oh, boy. It's something that we've talked about on the podcast before. Give me a uh, hint, Dan. I have a video game of this movie that we talked about. Is it Dick Tracy? It is. He played okay. the forger. Oh. It, when he, forging Dick Tracy's signature in Dick Tracy, that was his final role. The act, that, that actor, going out on top. In 1990, I mean, it's you know he he was born in 1896 and he died wow. 92. So wow. he was yeah he was 95 when he passed away. But yeah, just it, very very interesting that, that it happened to be his last role was Dick Tracy. So a little fun fact in the middle there. You could tell, like watching mm-hmm. this movie, you could tell he was going to be in a Dick Tracy eventually. Yeah, you could he, you could hope exactly he he was just too good um he, yeah so you had ring rentals if you needed them but we were mm-hmm. able to pay for this and they're like hey you know what we can get you a car too uh, if you, you're willing to pay for it tonight i know a guy who will just race the fuck down here now and make it happen they're like cool sounds good this guy's uh, a wheeler and dealer 
Exactly. And then he's like, says something about too, like, hey, if you ever need to get to Mexico or something, like, look me I got up. friends. I got friends. We'll make this happen. A- honeymoon. You know, you got to go on honeymoon. He's got Absolutely. all the angles cut. You Absolutely. Know? You got the new car. Why wouldn't you? But this is a, clearly a guy who makes stuff happen. So something to remember if you need to. But the young couple, they, they got a brand new convertible now. They're taking off, doing great. And they head to a, like a mountain resort. It's got like all these like cabins on the land where Kichi had stayed as a child. She's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know just the place, you know, it was probably like two years ago. These are young kids, like we said, <laughs> but <laughs> they I, had I did there. like the scene though. when uh, when they're driving slowly up the hill, and, and the guy's about, just like walking as slow as him, possible. Him and his son just yeah. talking about everything. It was that was interesting. He's like, no, instead of just be like, cool, I'll meet you right up the hill. We'll talk in two seconds. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. We we have no time to stop this. They, he also paid him twice for the room, which was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's that that's why that's a this, pro. You yeah, want to get the secluded room, you know? He got it too. They get a nice, beautiful room, and they're totally setting up house, feeling good still flush with money maybe they can start a whole life there dan they could yeah. uh, have Going children straight and arrow. yeah keep doing what they're doing basically uh we're getting close to christmas time we're putting up the christmas tree which is always fun to see it looked like a very nice tree there i mean you're flush with trees in an area like that it's, i'd imagine it's gonna be pretty good yeah and who should show up but not saint nicholas dan Mm-mm. but old saint chickamaw one eye not a welcome uh... Santa Chickamaw. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. <laughs> Old Saint Chickamaw comes in with his one eye. He's like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> remember me? I have no more money anymore. I gambled it all away. Me and T Dub, we're still talking. We want to do a whole nother bank robbery. You're our lucky charm. Come with us, buddy." Yeah. And Bowie's like, "Nah, I got a whole other thing going on now. Uh, I really haven't spent any of my money. Just take like half of what I got left." which is just very generous and yeah fuck off and they're like nah nah, nah, nah. we're not going to do that i have one eye so that should tell you everything we're going to rob that bank that's a better payoff and kichi is not psyched about this she still her stance on these guys remains the same doesn't matter and also i don't know if have we found out uh her christmas surprise yet i don't think so at this very point i don't think we found out yet it's coming. We'll, it's we'll coming. leave it at that. We're we're hinting that uh, something may be under the tree soon enough. Yes. Bowie just wants to go and figure, you know, like, hey, let me just hear him out. Kiji's like, just don't go. Like, make sure just if you're going to go, tell him you, you're not doing this and come back. I, I'm not into this. And she's like, here, I got you a watch. We love watches. Our whole relationship is built on watches. Now we have couples watches. And so that should help you want to stay with me. They're like, cool, let's set them. We'll synchronize them like a couple of nerds. Yep. And uh, <laughs> he, he heads off to maybe participate in the robbery. Maybe not. But we see that T-Dub was not able to get his brother out of jail with that money that that lawyer did not come through. Makes sense. I mean, Boo- Bowie's case wasn't going so hot either, I'd imagine. But he's still feeling good about that. Like, no, 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 I'm, I, I could buy my way out of this. It's money. <laughs> Yeah, money buys everything, right? I mean, they're not wrong, but not when you steal it. They don't like that. No. So they're going to try to get another uh, bank going for gambling and new lawyers, I guess. I don't quite know. But they did such a good job that other time. We're trying it again, and it does not go well. We lose T-Dub, unfortunately. Um, R.I.P. T-Dub. T-Dead. Yeah, and you hear it over the the radio as they're driving back from the... Yeah, it's like a nice cut, like where it's just like they're coming back and it's already gone wrong. Like you don't even get to see it, which was very interesting. Right. Um, And one eye is wounded as well. And everybody thinks that Bowie has been behind this. You know, he's the the sexy young kid. You got to put he's the face of this operation. Yeah. He murdered someone after all when he was 16. And uh, one eye hates that. He's very jealous of the press. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm the one behind this. In a desperate attempt to reach the getaway car, the eldest of the trio, Henry T. Dub Mansfield, was shot and killed. It is believed that at least one other was wounded. The leader, Bowie the Kid Bowers, fast trigger killer, has so far... Get in the back. Bowie the Kid. And stay down on the floor. They're looking for two together, not one. Don't you tell me what to do. You ask me if I want to do it. The leader rips my guts out. Now, what are you talking about? Bowie the Kid, you. All the newspapers print about is you. You and that two-bit girl of yours. 
Makes me look like a penny in a slot machine. Where's that bottle, huh? You finished it. Stay down. Boy, don't keep telling me what to do. It's because you're covered for me and seen as you think I owe you something. Think you can shove me around. I want that drink. I want that drink and I'm going to get it. So they get in a fight and Louie gets rid of them roadside and heads back to his cabin and he gets killed like when i gets killed right yes breaking into a liquor store because he went yes. off to do his own thing right i believe is sobering up at that point too because there's like a, a bunch of times he's like you have any more liquor you know like yeah he really wants to be hammered but yeah, yeah so he he dies robbing a liquor store off screen which was a nice touch as well and then here is where we learn what was under that tree kichi is pregnant mm-hmm. we got a baby kichi on the way mm-hmm. uh so they're like okay well that's not good we got to figure that out Let's leave these cabins. Things have been getting crazy around here anyways. And we'll head east. I heard of a a place we can go with an old friend. Mm -hmm. So they head there. Many days of driving. They're living by night after all. Yep. They (laughs) truly are at this point. Absolutely. If they weren't, if they weren't before this, this, this definitely seals it. I think The, the lights are off at this point and you know, things are going okay. They're feeling pretty safe. They're, being out in public and, and trying to be a normal couple. But you know what happens when you're out in the world? People see you. Bowie gets recognized at a nightclub. We and- learned that in Moonrise. We learned that in the last episode. Yeah, no, true. The, the minute you go, the minute you go public with your relationship when, when you're in this type of scenario, yeah, it's 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 all downhill. Keep it secret, right? Yeah, that's what we're trying to say. Built to spill was on the right track. Just yeah. keep keep these keep it an affair, you know. Even if yeah. it's like you you're not even cheating on anyone, just right as illicit as possible. But that's all well and good until your spouse becomes sick. Then what are you going to do, Dan? You got to figure that out. So yeah going to go ahead and stop at a motel who is owned by that old friend of ours, Maddie. Old mm-hmm. Helen Craig is back with those distinctive eyes that she had, Dan. Just, mm-hmm. She looked tired, tired of the bullshit. Yeah. Rightfully so, I suppose. Yeah, she hated everybody, basically. She might have a little sympathy for Kichi, but that's about it. She doesn't trust, you know, she like can trust Bowie a little more than the other guys, but it's still like at the end of the day, he's a criminal. She doesn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> they bottom line. She really just wants her husband back. Um, yeah. Who, don't we like see her husband at one point too? Coming up, we do. Yeah. Yeah. And he is like not psyched or give a shit whatsoever. It was not worth this effort. Yeah. <laughs> at well, all. I think, I think once we get to that scene, I think we'll, we'll talk about maybe why. Sure. Um, Bowie, he is going to go try to figure out the Mexico thing. So he heads back to Hawkins to ask him about that and he's like yeah sorry dude you're way too hot like everybody yeah. knows about this i can't do anything with you and- not enough money can can do this and that and that's telling because i mean he was doing everything for money up until that point i mean he would do yes. anything to make a dollar so so that tells you right there um yeah. which i it's a nice touch i, I do like very, that. very much so yeah and yeah he still has they've been so good with money that's the thing usually like everybody blows the money yeah. In these things so that was the kind of the interesting thing it was like money is not the issue here right it's all the other accidental messes that happened and yes meanwhile as this is happening we're, we're getting to the maddie and her husband she makes a deal with the cops she's going to give up buoy in exchange for her husband to be paroled yes and yeah that's where we see him and he just is like whatever yeah he's not he's not too psyched i don't know if he doesn't like how it has to be done or what but yeah it's very apparent that he looks tired (laughs) he looks tired and it's just like this is not a relationship that was worth saving she should have just enjoyed the motel you know yeah but you know that's fine i I probably felt like the fact that she was kind of you know becoming an informer and a a squealer i think that maybe played a little bit of a role in why yeah exactly because because like we said before there's a loyalty with everybody and she's broke it you know she's right She's the one who blew it and everyone else was willing to play ball. You know, even Kichi, as much as she hated it, she wasn't narking on anyone. Right, right. But we're heading back. Bowie heads back to the motel and he goes to see Maddie first. And it was like, you know, look, I things are bad. Clearly, I'm unable to pull off the Mexico trip. I'll head off, try to get to Mexico myself and I'll send for Kichi once things are fine. And the kid, I'm going to leave a note. And Maddie's like, no, don't you want to go say goodbye? Yeah, in the make cabin? sure you see her. Yeah, De- you know? definitely go see her. Wink, wink. And he's like, no, 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 letter should be fine. <laughs> he's like, no, no, 
please go to the cabin. You're a man, right? And he's like, oh, all right. I guess so. So he heads over to the cabin and, you know, looks like a real nice happily ever after, but not so much. We got so many cops. They descend on him. And he, of course, wants to protect himself. He draws a gun and they shoot the shit out of him. Yeah. He gets he gets blasted. <laughs> he is Swiss cheese by the end of this thing. And Kichi comes out and, and sees his dead body, finds the note that he had written. And uh, all it says is, I love you. Because that was the one thing that he hadn't told her just yet. They kept saying, I like you so much. And right. Like, You're married. Yes, I should hope so. But they saved the love for last. And the end. The end. So what do you think of this viewing of They Live By Night? I like it. I, I, I think, you know, I, I try to think about other Ray movies I've seen. Like, I think one that jumps out, even though it's not film noir, but like Johnny Guitar, like is, people talk about that one a lot. And it's one of my personal favorites of his just because how bizarre and almost like, I don't know if like genre bending is the right word, but I guess it kind of is. Yeah. And I feel like in a way this kind of is like that for film noir. I think this is a very unique and different twist or take on a lot of those types of films that were coming out at the time. I mean, this is 1948 for this movie. So I think in context of that, I, I and seeing it again, you know, fresh, I felt better about it. I, I like the difference of, of, as I said in the beginning of, of you know, it, it's really about their bond between Bowie and Kichi. And this, you kind of, their, their relationship is really evolving and he's really trying to be just straight now. Like he's really trying to, he, he's trying to get away from the life that he's led his whole life up to this point, you know, he's 23 now, but up until this point where he's led a kind of life of crime. Right. And yeah, I, I liked it a lot more. I think Ray always kind of brings like a weird, he has a certain weird. He's got a about style. Yeah. yeah. He's got this, he has his own style, which I, I appreciate. I appreciate when directors really, you know, there's that auteur aspect where they really have like their own, you know, spin on it. And, and for that, I, I really like it. I, I did like it more definitely this time around. I mean, it, it is a testament to sometimes, you know, just giving these things another chance. And yeah, yeah I feel the same way. It, it was really fascinating just this being his first film and just how well-developed everybody was. I mean, the motivations were there, the relationships bloom over time and, and pay off. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just, it really was a fantastic debut. Yeah, I'd give it a 7.2 out of 10 nights. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to have night in there some, somewhere. I could I think, think. I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Def- definitely. I'd say definitely in like the sevens out of 10 for me, maybe I would go a little bit higher. I would say somewhere between like 7.5, 7.8, somewhere around there for me. I would say a lot of that is more ranking it against his other films, which okay. gets so much better. But, sure. you know, I really do want it to, it, it is a strong debut, but it is a debut. Like, you know, it, it is a little right. scrappy, but it's cool as hell. You know, I think it helps the lead actors really kind of help sell this thing i don't know if it would have worked without them yeah there is a there is like a realness to them it's it's like a real like innocence and i feel like the characters need to kind of portray that so i think it's perfect i think it's perfect that you have these these actors playing these roles they're all baby faced and everything yeah Uh, so yeah this was based off of thieves like us which was the second final novel which was published by author edward anderson the title was taken from a line in the book where t-dub says that bankers are quote thieves just like us. They do say it a couple of times in the movie. Yes, they, they, that line. Um, and Anderson sold the movie rights for five hundred dollars. That's not enough. No, I've heard even some with, bad deals, even, but you should know. <laughs> even with inflation, you know, yeah. I, I feel like that's not a lot of money. That's that's rough. Um, working titles for this movie were "Thieves Like Us," "Your Red Wagon," and "The Twisted Road." Yeah, your Red Wagon is junk, but "Twisted Road's fine. That would have been okay. Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about, I'm like, wait, what was that from? The, oh, that was from the, the song. And we forgot to mention that when they were in that nightclub. Yes, yes. And, and she's singing and, and she's like singing right to them. Holding the money, like her right. tips. Yeah, it was very right. fascinating. That was a great scene. I forgot. We, we didn't mention that. But yeah, that, that was a great little scene. There was another scene. I think it was maybe it was at the, the chapel or something, but it was like a like a water cooler or something with like a cowboy hat on it. I can't remember. But I'll post that screenshot. Yeah, I, I must have missed that one. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing that. I kicked myself for not making a note of it when it happened. But uh, yeah. I, like I said, I'll, I'll post a screenshot of that because it was well compositioned. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of passes made on this script. First, uh, there was writer director Roland Brown, 
who actually controlled the rights to the novel. He wrote the first draft of the screenplay in 1941, and uh, it was deemed unacceptable. It was had too much criminal activity and, quote, loose sex. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a revised script from Robert D. Andrews in October 1941 and was rejected for pretty much the same reasons as the previous draft. Mm-hmm. And they kept at this for a while until Ray had come along and done an adaptation, uh, more of a, a detailed treatment. Uh, he titled it Stranger Here Myself, which speaking of Johnny Guitar, you may recognize that uh, line because mm. that was a wording he was quite fond of for some reason. Yeah. And they're like, cool, change the title uh, and play up the love, play up the romance. And he's like, cool, we got it. Uh, it was filmed in 1947. And then the movie was delayed and released for two years because this is that great time where Howard Hughes came in and bought RKO and ruined it. Yeah. These things happen so many times in history. It's fascinating. I, I would say the the latest shocking one was Bandcamp when it got sold to like a video game company. Yeah. That's going to be so bad. Like just because it isn't now doesn't mean it's not going to be that in history that has never worked out. Yeah. It's never, it's never been like, Oh wow. I'm really excited that this happened. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. These, this person bought it and made it better. Like, yeah, it's something no one has ever said. No, usually it's, it's, it's ruined. (laughs) Yeah. And it's RKO especially is infuriating because it was doing some real cool things at the time. Yeah. They were, they were cranking out hit after hit, man. They were, beautiful thing so if that's the lesson we can impart to everyone it is don't let people buy stuff rko <laughs> yeah <laughs> go back in time and uh stop howard hughes i don't know when you when in history you want to stop him that's up to you yeah. but at least up into the point where he was trying to buy rko yeah so yeah the script had softened what the original novel as you can imagine was more of a brutal crime story you know very didn't pull any punches I, I have not seen the uh, Altman version that came out in the 70s, but I know no. he did a, a version with the original title that was a little more close to that. But I mean, it's also Altman, so I can't imagine it was that close. Yeah. And plus Tom Skerritt was in it. So, <laughs> I mean, that's one way to get me in, but I'm, uh, all, I'm, I'm lukewarm on Altman. I appreciate him, but it, it doesn't always work for me. Yeah, he's there. I, I like I like some of his films. Um, yeah, not like not not necessarily my favorite director, but I, I like I like some of his stuff. Like not love, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got. I'm like looking at his list right now. I mean, McCabe and Mrs. Miller's great. Uh, Nashville's amazing. The player, Popeye. which is, is really good. I like the player. Popeye. Popeye. <laughs> Forgot about Popeye. <laughs> um, which is so bizarre. How could you forget that about he, Popeye? That he. That he, I forgot that he did it. That um, anyone did it, Dan. If you yeah. just if you just click on that link and look at any name involved, your head should explode instantly. Yeah. yeah. I don't think about that movie enough. Well, get to it. Maybe listen to the soundtrack afterwards. Yeah. Put on those demos. Man, RKO, of course, they got a pretty great actor stable. We could have had two of my favorites in the in this. We almost had Mitchum in the role of One Eye. That, that would have been pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I I, I loved uh, Howard De Silva. He did great. But I mean, of course, Mitchum would have been fantastic. Uh, he really wanted this role, too. He even cut and dyed his hair black because, of course, he was supposed to be a Native American, but he was rejected because I see for many different reasons of he was nominated for an Oscar and they thought it was too beneath him. Or yeah. there was also that he was told by the studio that he couldn't play a criminal or die in a picture. Yeah, that would have been interesting if he was in it. I, I you know, I don't get me wrong. I love I love Robert Mitchell. I feel like he might have overpowered a little bit in this movie because I think he, would, it, he did, had a whole different cast if that was right. The case. It, yeah, it, it would have it would have thrown the whole balance I think off. So I feel like it, it maybe was the better decision to to let him just kind of do his his thing. You know, I mean, I'm always going to side on just casting Mitchum in history, <laughs> sure. but I overall it's okay. Uh, we yeah. we almost had Jane Greer for Kichi as well. Yeah, so would have had a, a, out of the past uh, could have been a hell of a reunion. Reunion, yeah. When they say they live by night, it was they. It could have been they, but yeah. Well, they kind of live by night a bit and out of the past. The lights were off. It's true, Dan. Yes. Farley Granger had actually recommended Kathy O'Donnell for the role, though, of Kichi, and that was good. Good, we got it. But yeah. it was not a successful film. Unfortunately, it did not seem to take off. It lost a lot of money, but that's all right. Everybody kind of bounced back. I would say the opening shot, which was a helicopter shot. 
uh, that was the first sequence that Nicholas Ray had ever directed. And it was, I loved um, it. It's very cool. It was, yeah. um, it was shot by a helicopter camera, which was placed on a gyro stabilized mount. And this was pretty innovative stuff at the time. People weren't really using helicopters. And I mean, it's 1947 that they're making this. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Absolutely. No, and it, it was cool. It took them four takes to get it. And uh, they went with the second one. So they, they could have had it in two. Yeah. But you got to keep those actors in focus and why not see if you can get better, right? I guess that was just the best one in the book. They, they just probably <laughs> looked at them all like, I guess this one's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Ray worked on the script for more than a year. He's debuting. He's trying to do it right, you know? Yeah. And as we said, they, this film was being held by Howard Hughes. And uh, it was not looking like it was ever going to get released. And they really liked the pairing of uh, O'Donnell and Granger. So they're like, let's put him in something else. We'll figure it out. So they put him in Side Street over at MGM. And then Hughes heard of this and he was like, oh, man, we got to we got to get that other movie out. So he beat him by just a few weeks in release. But hey, at least we got Side Street out of it. I say think about that timing and think about like at the same time that, you know, them both top build. In two movies, you know, at the same time. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that, like that's that's crazy. I mean, that's definitely good for your your box office. Your yeah, say, you get a lot of a lot of notice. <laughs> well, let's notice these actors. Let's get into them. Kathy O'Donnell, who played Kichi, of course. I'm gonna get in one last Kichi. Mm-hmm. She worked as a US Army induction center, uh, working as a stenographer there, but then she quit because she was inspired to study acting at Oklahoma City University. After seeing films like 1937's A Star is Born and 1939's Withering Heights. She was spotted at a drugstore when she was on a two-week trip to Hollywood by an agent of Samuel Goldwyn. And that totally kicked off her career. She had a southern accent she had to work past, but they had confidence in her and, and she did pay off. She'll be back for a detective story for us, I would say. She'll be back for us again on another one. I don't know if you want me to mention it, but we'll keep it in our pocket, but keep keep yeah. an eye out for sure. But she's yeah. also probably best known for the best years of our lives and Ben Hur, which I don't see us getting to maybe in the last years of the show, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, and speaking of Wuthering Heights, which was directed by William Wyler, she worked with him many a time and even married his brother, Robert mm. Wyler. So that was crazy. But she died on their 22nd wedding anniversary. And then her husband died nine months later. And she died pretty young, too. Yeah. But Farley Granger, total opposite. He made it to 85. So good for him. I had a great childhood with wealthy parents until the stock market crashed, which forced the family to downsize. And they still did pretty okay compared to most everyone else in the, the old Great Depression. But his folks still took it pretty hard. And drank pretty heavily and were arguing with each other during this time. They moved to a sketchy apartment in Hollywood, and this is where their son began a career in acting. Uh, He made a few movies before he enlisted in the Navy. And when he came back from the Navy, things were great. He lost his virginity. His parents started to sober up and were getting along, and he was ready to get back into acting. And he was making a lot of important contacts around this time, including director Nicholas Ray, who cast Mm -hmm. them in this picture. And then, of course, while the film's release was being held up, it was able to premiere in London, which I said at the top of the show. And also during that time, there's a lot of private screenings going on of it because it was an exciting film. And we liked it. And Alfred Hitchcock actually had a private screening of the film. And he was uh, developing Rope at the time and the cast Granger in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, after the success of those, uh, L- that London premiere finally came out in the U.S. And Granger and Hitchcock would work together on Rope and Strangers on a Train which was a a very successful period for him and continued to have a very long career, passed away in 2011 at age 85. J.C. Flippin, T-Dub, we saw him in The Killing, of course. We remember Mm him. Yep. Uh, And then not much to say on him, but here's something I saw. While he was filming the movie Cat Below, or Balo, Balu, thank you, uh, (laughs) with Jane Fonda and Lee Marvin in 1965, if you've seen that Western, he had to have his leg amputated because he had a bad infection, which he got from a minor scrape with the car door during filming. Wow. Uh, And it was likely complicated by diabetes. Uh, He finished his scenes in the film, but in great pain. I'll say. Yeah, I was like, huh? Yeah. Hope it was worth it. And then uh, the screenwriter, Charles Schnee, he was born in Connecticut. So, of course, special shout out. 
I went to Yale studying law, but then decided to turn his attentions to writing. Uh, he's known for writing Red River from 1948 with John Wayne and The Furies in 1950 with Barbara Stanwyck. And then, of course, in 1952, he wrote The Bad and the Beautiful, which he won an Oscar for. Uh, he would reunite with Nicholas Ray in the noir melodrama from 1950, Born to be Bad, which was also at RKO. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1952, after working for MGM for a bit, they started a new production unit for him, which he would supervise, and he continued to produce even independently at Columbia before returning back to screenwriting in 1960, and he died from a heart attack at age 46. Wow. Gotta take care of yourself, Dan. That's the lesson of the show. Yeah, for real. But hopefully, we'll see if we can continue our health next week as we keep the lights off. And we stay in 1948. This time we're ditching one of them, though. He walked by night. All units, all units in the vicinity of State Street and Santa Monica Boulevard, proceed at once to 5057 State Street. 5057 State Street. An officer shot. Code 3. other precautions too no fingerprints no identification nothing definite except he's scientific knows electricity he's inventive yeah happy on the trigger yeah i got it right here genius the way he operates. As if he were right there with us every time he'd go out after a lead. Wait a minute. He wasn't a cop. He was a radio technician right here in our dispatch office. What did you say? I'm saying he worked here in 42. So we were going from living, just living <laughs> yes. to walking. That's, that's what we're saying, Dan. If you just live, yeah. you're, you're going to have a heart attack. Now you walk. Right, right. Get a, little, get a little exercise. It's good for your health. Yes, that makes sense. For your health. That's why we're here. Yep. <laughs> Anything to say before we wrap up this show, Dan? Uh, no, I think we covered it. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, not, I wouldn't say it's my favorite um, overall, but it's, it's great. I, I think it's definitely worth watching. Um, I think it's definitely unique. I feel and, better than, than I did before. Um, yeah. A lot more positivity to shine on this little, little scrappy do of a film. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, like it, the, what you think would be like the typical like action scenes that you like, people would be like, Oh, that's really cool to set up they're not shown like like right. any, any of the robberies, any of the actual, like, you know, like quote unquote, like gunfight action. I mean, it's barring, barring the, the end of it to an extent, but like sure. all the actual action of the, the actual crimes, you don't ever see them, which is, 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 is neat. It's kind of neat to, to get that. Cause they, it, it gives it more of a chance to focus on the lobster, which I'm sure that was obviously the plan, but yeah. But yeah, I think for that, it makes it makes it interesting. Well, especially with like the car accident in the beginning, like right. that was so jarring where it just like happened. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 we got to go. Like, I mean, you almost felt like you were in it too. You're like, wait, what just happened? Like, yeah, I was just driving two seconds, but that was very effective. So yeah, I think this Nicholas Ray, he's uh, one to watch out for. He's on to something. He's a hot new talent. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to seeing some of his, his next, uh, his next pictures. Absolutely. Well, I hope we get to some, but. Why don't you find us on social media to see if we do those movies that we just alluded to. And also come see the picture I was talking about with the cowboy hat Uh, out of the podcast on social media, like Instagram and Facebook out of the cast on Twitter, Apple podcasts, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe, make us feel good. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com to get intimate. (laughs) What do you type it up, Dan? What do you got? 
Ah, it's something for afterwards. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then more reason to wrap up this bad boy. Well, Dan, I got an empty glass here, but that doesn't mean I can't toast with it. Hey, here's the crime, huh? Here's the crime. All right, Dan.